0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, the child care crisis. There's probably a wait list for that, too. I talked to veteran reporter Gloria Rivera about her podcast, No One is Coming to Save Us. Plus, Biz goes to the library. Woo!
1: Biz, I just want to woo with you because I am so tired and can't make decisions. But then I did, and it's good because my kid
2: was sick a couple days ago, and now he's all out of sorts, and I was going to keep him home from school, and then at the last minute, I asked them if they could take him, and they said they'd be happy to, and so I did, and now I'm by myself, and it's wonderful, and I just
1: had to woo with you, because I'm so excited, but also really tired, because that's just life now. Yeah. (laughs) You're less tired than me. Woo! You're doing a great job.
0: You are also doing a great job, and again, just every week, I smell a new t-shirt idea. This is life now. You're, You're correct. That, that is life now, the life that many of us are experiencing. Tired, yes, alone, perfect. It is better to be tired and alone than tired with your child, unless you've got a child who really likes to do stuff on their own. If you've got one of those kids who doesn't need anything from you. God bless you. Send me your witch's spell for making that happen. You are amazing. Thank you for wooing with me. I really appreciate it. You're doing an amazing job. Good job calling in and sending the kiddo into school. Excellent. But that makes me remember that it's time to say thank you. Thank you, teachers. It's thank you time. Like I said, COVID's not over. I'm not going to stop thanking people. Teachers, it's here. Summer. Summer is here. Summer is here for you. It has finally come for you. Thank you for not running away this year. That was really great. That was helpful. Thank you, faculty and administration for also sticking around. That was helpful. Getting all of us back on campus when possible, that's not an easy task. And let's face it, parents aren't easy. We're we're kind of nightmares. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you for showing up. And let's just get on into it. Summer employees, lifeguards. I know you're like 16, but I appreciate you. 17, 18, 19. Maybe maybe it's not the 70s and 80s anymore. <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's an age requirement for lifeguards. I don't know, but thank you for keeping one eye on the pool. Camp counselors, God, I love you. I wish I could be you again. Thank you. And thank you to all the people, all the people who work at pools and summer camps, be they day camps or overnight camps. There is a maintenance staff. There is usually food staff, food support, camp nurses, all of you who help actually keep these spaces clean and safe and functioning. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Now on to summer. It's summer. It's summer. It's summer. Biz hates summer. I hate summer. I don't like it. Even though my kids are older and they're a little more self-sufficient, I still fucking hate summer. But I want to remind everybody because I had to remind myself, libraries, I know, libraries, how many times do I have to say it? I love libraries. That is where we will be spending the summer. Again, because they are open. We've got summer reading programs. Go check your library out. They give you little prizes or little books. They even have them for adults. And they even have them for kids who don't read. Kids who don't It's fine. They still get to fill out their chart. And you read to them. And for adults, I'm going to be doing the adult. It's very low commitment, by the way, the one for adults. (laughs) It's It's like, can you read five books this summer? Uh, you get a prize. They always usually have, like, events like a magician or like a, I don't know, you know, we talk constantly about making sure that we put our kids in places and spaces that allow them to experience people, customs, cultures, all those things that are not necessarily right in our backyard. So, For example, in a couple of weeks, our library for their summer reading program will be having Native American hoop dancers. Native American hoop dancers, which is awesome. So we're going to take our kids to that. And they're doing LGBTQ bingo this month. You just never know. And everybody, just so you know, Gabe is up at Max FunCon. So I have the beautiful, lovely, talented Laura Swisher helping with the show today. And she's asking me questions. And one of the questions was, any books you're reading for my... Reading challenge. Yes, it is a library book and it is the latest Lee Child Jack Reacher book. Jack Reacher, once again, just walking right into trouble, right into a situation he's got to punch his way out of. So that is very good. And I also just got a copy of a less fun book, guys. It's called Unwell Women Misdiagnosing. And the myths in a man-made world. And it gets <laughs> my wheelhouse, guys. It's all the stuff we always talk about. Turns out women haven't historically been involved in their own healthcare, And nightmares have ensued. So fun summer. Beach read. Anyway, libraries, check them out. Don't forget they're there. Additionally, if you are not close to a library, you can still access libraries online and you will find that you can rent movies that way. You can check out magazines that way. Ours rents video games. So we just like load up on Switch games for free, which is rad. And sometimes they even loan things that aren't books or games. Ours has a library of things. We can, I can check out a sewing machine or a telescope or tarot cards. What? Anyway, summer is saved thanks to libraries. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think this ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is childcare because summer, oh my God. Not a lot of child care happening sometimes. It's always a scramble. We're going to be talking about the child care crisis with Gloria Riviera, veteran reporter and host of the podcast, No One is Coming to Save Us. plus years as an ABC News producer and correspondent based around the world covering breaking, investigative, and feature stories for the network's flagship broadcasts and social media platforms. These include Good Morning America, World News Tonight, Nightline, and the Daily News Podcast Start Here. She is the host of No One is Coming to Save Us. (laughs) Back for season two, and now a weekly podcast covering America's childcare crisis. Oh, everybody, this is going to be hilarious. Welcome, Gloria. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know when I started laughing
3: silently, but I, I, yeah. I mean, listen, a lot of people work in network news, but, oh, yeah. like, only one person gets to host this uplifting topic of child care. <laughs> you that's me
0: i won i won i'm gonna guess you also possibly the only one who raised their hand (laughs) yeah man
3: that might be true (laughs) i actually don't know the answer to that but that might actually be true Uh,
0: well before we get in to the podcast and all of my appreciation in you doing this podcast i want to start by asking who lives in your house
3: Oh my gosh, who? Okay, so who lives in my house? I got a lot of what? Like, yeah, I got a teenager. Woo! So, uh, I got a lot of angst and I got oh. a little uh, I got a little talk back living yeah, in my a house sass. right now. Little, a little sass. sass coming from him, his little brother <laughs> uh, who's a 5th grader and my daughter who is a 1st grader. Oh wow. So they all they all live yeah. under the same roof here with us. My <laughs> they husband, are there. They are, they are there. Yes, they
0: are. They
3: are. Yeah. Just before we got on this, I was like, I got to do a little childcare whack-a-mole right now. They're, they're, yeah, they're around. And then um, the most exciting thing Mm. is that even though my husband promised me 17 years ago, we would get an animal. This is a man who's never raised anything but himself. Right. Arguably. I mean, he did do that. We added a dog this fall.
0: Oh. I know
3: a little, a little love, a little love bucket.
0: Okay. All right, tell me Light about of the my dog. life. Tell me about uh, the dog. You
3: know, I mean, well, obviously she's perfect. We can yeah. start well, there. Yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah. I, I so know. she's, I got a perfect one, and I'll tell you what, my middle son, <laughs> he's not the most emotive guy. Okay, right? Like, sure. He's not coming in to snuggle. He's yeah. not, you know, you know, he's got it in him. Right. But I tell you what, with that dog, oh.
1: you are the cutest, I love oh, you so, much, oh my friendly. God.
3: <laughs> and I'm like, I yes. knew it. Yes, And I, I got to thank my mom because, you know, in, in a tough moment in my life, I was recovering from surgery. She's like, I got to take you out to lunch. I got to talk to you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I thought it was going to be all oh, yeah. dramatic. <laughs> she looks at me and she goes, these kids need a dog. Oh, <gasps>
0: Good job.
3: I know. Good, good job. job. Good job. Good job. And I was like, "What about the shedding? What about this?" She goes, "Yeah." Do you remember the shedding? Yeah. I'm like, "Fair, fair no. point." No, I don't. <laughs> so now, now we have the dog, and we're oh. all in love.
0: All right, let's get into to why let's we're really get into here. <laughs> the hilarious topic of childcare crisis in America. Yes. Actually, all right. So again, no one is coming to save us. Great name. Weekly podcast now weekly. Covering America's childcare crisis and all the people of all ages who were crushed by it, so here is my very first question: Why does America hate the idea of kids and parents existing in the world? I mean, in theory, they love them, but in reality, reality—a little disconnect. Yeah. I, oh God, it's, yeah. it's a facetious question, but it's also an honest question.
3: Yeah, no, it's a fair question okay. and it was very similar to what I was asking when I yeah. started season 1. Listen, the US ranks yeah. basically last in the last. world along with our we're, we're not alone. I mean, we do have Papua New Guinea along with us. <laughs> they also are at the bottom of the pile. Also not good with Yeah, here. also right. also do Jack, you know what, yeah. for kids. Okay, great. Uh and I think in if I could make Three points to answer that question. One okay. is our history, right? Like you go back to the way women have been viewed in this country. You look at the repercussions of slavery, like yep. right? We we separated babies from their black mothers and sold them, and that was okay yes. not so long ago.
0: And 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 forced them to into childcare services for people in power, white yeah. people.
3: So yeah. like yeah, like the I mean, idea of the mammy, the black yes, mammy taking exactly. care of white babies right. for sure. Yeah, so so that's just like that's take true. that and think about it. Yeah, <laughs> and then we talked to this super interesting historian in season one, and by the way, I have to give major props to the lemonade team they put together along with Neighborhood Villages, this amazing group of producers, and they suggested a historian. And she goes, you know, the first time child care was introduced in the states. She called it the four D's. The father had to be dead, Wow. Had, drunk, yep. had to have deserted the family, or disabled. So if those four, one of those four things happen, wow. then somebody, probably some kind of group of women who were philanthropists said, we need to help this woman out with, with her kids. So again, look at how we're thinking about the mom yeah. then. Like a super at the end of her rope and had to go to work. Right. There's still that that concept of well, clearly someone needs to make the money. So money drives a lot of this, which is why people don't want to invest.
0: Right. She wouldn't have worked if if her husband was Mm -hmm. still there, not Ding out all over the place. Oh (laughs) my god, just puts a whole new spin on she wants the D. I'm sorry, my husband and I joke (laughs) about that. Like (laughs) she wants the diploma. She wants she wants the democratic right to vote. Right.
3: This is a a different take on wanting the D, yeah. That's
0: right. Very different Different taking that back. But it also points to our historical view of children and women who have them it being a disability as well. I mean, like, we we don't have maternity leave or or family leave. We have disabilities.
3: Yeah. Leave. No, Biz, when I yeah. had my first child, I worked yeah. for Disney, which owns ABC, and yep. I took disability. Disab- I
0: did, too. I was working for Nexus. There you go. <laughs> so
3: there yeah, you go. It's yeah. It's like I was disabled from was working. Disabled. So that kind of sums up how the country looks at women when it's time for them to have babies, right? Correct. Versus with my second child, I was in mm. the U.K., and that's a that's a oh. totally different approach, right? So in the UK, most of my friends at least took six months off with full pay. And then they were allowed to take a year off. And in that second portion, I would have to fact check exactly when it was. Sure. But in the second portion, you were still guaranteed your salary at the place of work, which you had left, if not your exact same job. So the employer was like, you can come back here. We may we may change what we offer you to do. I never heard of any woman to whom that happened, but most of my friends took the full year. That was pretty standard. And I actually was able to do that by jumping through some hoops and I'd been in the UK long enough um, so I just saw immediately, oh, in one country I'm disabled and I have, you know, five minutes uh, yeah, you're, before you're I have to go back to work. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, They're like, yeah. okay, did you change a diaper? Right, come back to work. And then in the UK, <laughs> it's like you need that time with your child and, and, and do My worry. mouth
0: yeah. is I, – I, and I'm also on the edge of crying. Yeah. I, quite honestly, like it's, it is – that is stunning. That yeah. is a stunning – comparison and I was privileged enough to be at a job where I got the disability right I, d- I mean like if and I think I was offered like a month and then I had saved up so that I could take more time oh, yeah. saved up your vacation days I saved right? up all yeah. my vacation yeah it's all it's this equation yeah. like oh yeah. I've got so 14 I days and I can and tack and, those yeah.
3: on and it's like why are we yeah but that's yeah. what Women do, we 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 hustle it together and we work within these systems because they're the only systems that exist for us. Yeah. And it's it doesn't have to be that way. I okay. mean other countries show us it doesn't have to be other.
0: that way. Every day. Of yeah. All the the long list of it doesn't have to be yes. this way. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> just like okay. Just How doesn't... many times were you just crying while doing the podcast? And I I I like I have to, I mean, and I'm serious, I have to imagine that in season one, you start exploring this, and it is both angering and frustrating, and I know it brings up a a sense of hopelessness for me. And I I get the sense season two is definitely offers us more action items. It's like you always had action, but... Talk to me about starting this podcast and like just a couple of episodes in. Where did you go? How did that? Hit it with wasn't
3: you? even a few episodes in. Yeah. It was episode one.
0: one. Yeah, and
3: so I <laughs> sat down and I had worked in network news and yeah. I, you know, have this voice which I could, you know. And now biz we're going to do it's, a, it's right, very, yeah. like my friends who know me would be like it just doesn't sound like you and i was like well right. it's because i'm talking about the president so i That's right, yes. have to put on my president voice <laughs> and it just it was forced but when i grew up in news it's it's still pretty much the norm you know yeah. that you just adopt this tone so i read through the whole first episode which was long and rewrapped and I hung up my or I turned off my mic. Yeah. And then my producer called me and he was like, you know, um, I think we're gonna we're gonna do that again. Like let's just do and it's exhausting to as yeah. you know, do a whole show and get everything right and you think you have everything in the can ready to go. So I said okay. And we sat down and this time he played me another woman's recollection of those newborn days, oh my Sarah God. Muncie, our partner at Neighborhood Villages, we just—it was so—you know—I all I did—the—the the idea was let's have Gloria listen to something to evoke some kind of visceral response, yeah. not knowing what it would be. So I'm it's the middle of the day. I'm sitting there recording and I lost it. I just oh, I'm I'm, sure. I just lost it. And I'm like snotting and crying. <laughs> and Stephanie Wittles-Wax, who's the co-founder along with Jessica Cordova-Kramer, she's on the line and she's like she we laugh now. She's like, in her mind, she was thinking this is so good. This is so yeah. good. Keep rolling. We, keep rolling. We've broken Gloria yes. in just one episode. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. yeah. <laughs> out loud, she was like, okay, this is good. Keep going, but get a Kleenex if you need to. But I was yeah. just, I feel like I got through those early years and I just blacked them yeah, out. you
0: blacked it out. Yeah. You, I just, you, absolutely. I had
3: no desire to go back there. I was Mm-mm. glad we were still standing and I didn't, I was not active in thinking about the experience I had just had and and why the fuck I had that experience in the, in this country, you know, like, yeah, I was just ready to move on. And I think that now in season two, um, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. And I think that, that,
1: can drive,
3: um, you know, my my team a little bit crazy because I have to learn so much about this mess and how we're gonna get out of it. But I, I'm really like it's it's the best job I've ever had. Even though it's very, it, it, yes, it's very depressing. It's the best, very depressing job I've ever had.
0: Well, I gotta say the learning part is good. I mean, I I hate learning. Everybody knows it. Ugh, growing. <laughs> challenging myself. But the more I have found for me, the more I have listened and the more like experiences that people have had that I I allow myself to like uh, be part of And here I realize how easy it is to be not only isolated in one's views of how the world works, but also how isolating Yeah. It can also feel being a parent. And I wonder when with the research that you've done and the people you've gotten to talk to, and I like that you sometimes refer to it as you got to be educated by. Oh, yeah. Talk to them. I think that's such a great line. What would you say are like the leading misconceptions that that we have when it comes to childcare and who's responsible for it. So like, I can easily be like, well, obviously the government should be providing X, Y, and Z, but that is, that is only one view. Right. Right. And I know that people who are in positions of power to make these choices, as I just said, are limited with their view in who needs what and, and how that's best given so I guess what are some of the misconceptions let's start with that
3: that's a good question I think the first misconception is that the onus is on the family mm-hmm. that's the first misconception right it's you figure it out you're the one that's disabled so you know yeah. we'll see you at kindergarten
0: <laughs> you know oh by the way we didn't tell you you had to sign up for school <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, I, like, what yeah, yeah. because
3: we just don't do anything for people when they become parents. That's <laughs> really people nothing. who adopt, that's any sort of like sexual identity, gender identity. Yep. We do I mean, even it's even worse and it's it's really bad for people of color. Like yeah. you know, it's just across the board bad. But it's their that's your work. You know, yeah. you decided to have this child, so you will yeah, see you I in a
0: you decided, which could lead yeah. us into a whole nother discussion yes. about our bodies and our rights and our choices right right uh, because, and because it's always it's always just getting pregnant is just how you always imagined it would be yeah
3: well, it's, it's exactly like that it's exactly like that
0: it's like I yeah, yeah
3: I was talking to a friend uh, who said she saw this woman with a newborn walking a dog <laughs> on a walk and she was like
0: Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, says, it just it makes know. me want to cry sometimes. Yeah. I see people with newborns, and I just want to go up to them and be like, I'm so sorry. How uh, can I, know. I help you right yes. this minute? Exactly. you want me to go in and do your grocery shopping for you? What can right. I do? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll yeah. do it.
3: So that's the first mis- misconception that the onus is on the families. I think the second misconception is that... You will be able to find something if you need it. Again, that still puts the onus <laughs> on the family, right? Well, like, right. There, there's Sorry. something out there, right? Yeah. There's something
0: you'll find it.
3: That's you'll just find not baby true. formula. It's yeah. not
0: a big deal, right? Yeah. You'll find somebody to watch your child while you go back to work. You'll, right. Yeah. Any and of things. And I used things.
3: to say, all I wanted was somebody to hold the baby. I was just yeah. like, I just need you to hold the baby so I could do something else. And like, Baby showers are great, and we got lots of cute stuff, but I didn't need any of that. I just needed someone to hold the baby.
0: You needed a sandwich, right? Yeah, You needed, like, like a a sandwich sandwich or, yeah, somebody to hold the baby is key. Yeah. Those newborn years are also a time in which you you need care for you and your child. And like you said, this doesn't even begin to cover— People with children who are wired differently, Mm -hmm. who just walk through the world differently, might have some sort of disability when it comes to their development. I I I still feel like we look through this or that our, I don't know who looks at it this way. We all do. We're all to blame for looking at it this way. But this like view of middle class, white, educated people. That's that's the only people who are having babies. And that's and like it's the only people we need childcare books from. It's the only people we need what you know, television. Yeah yeah, I hear what you're ah, saying. Ah, yeah, yeah. And that anything else is bad, which again ties into the systemic issues of race in our, our country. Right. But I derailed like well, I like un- to unfortunately
3: do. but you're onto something because it is one of those topics that I thought, Oh, I'm I'm gonna go figure out like what we need to do about childcare. Right. But like <laughs> You know, I'll just, and and I've talked to a lot of people who had the same idea. You know, they're like, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to become a therapist or a clinical psychologist or a caregiver, whatever it is. By the way, we educate early child care. Uh, teachers we you can get lots of degrees yeah in early education and under five education yeah lots of prestigious universities all around the country and if you get out of school like you are SOL you are just yeah SOL it is so crazy um but I think wait why tell me why tell me why I don't know why teachers first of all right now there's staff shortages but generally before the pandemic Yes. Teachers were paid poverty wages. Oh,
0: I know. Teachers get paid jack shit. They get paid shit. And it is un-shit. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. untenable and it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And what I've learned <laughs> through the podcast is that, let's look at food. We, we just mm-hmm. spoke to someone from No Kid Hungry. And she mm-hmm. talked me through what happens at home when a kid is food insecure. And mostly mom is the first one to go without a meal. Right. That's a lot of guilt and shame. Oh. And- Bad emotions. Walking in with that kid, if they're lucky enough to get a spot somewhere, either in a family care situation or early education, you know, whatever, wherever it is. Right. So they walk in there, and they're they're getting something to eat at school. Yeah. But something like, I don't want to get this wrong, but either way, it's bad. It's either one in four or one in three providers, the teachers, are also food insecure. God. Yeah. So all of those emotions that the kid just felt from mom are in some way manifesting from the provider, right? Like yeah. you're, you're just, all that stress is walking in with you and sitting down for circle time if you're a kid right. that's lucky enough to be in a place that does circle time, which is very, is, it's a yeah. wonderful thing. I, on, circle time teaches all sorts of great things. Yes,
0: but it's uneven. Right. It's not, I mean, again, again.
3: Yeah. These things I know these are
0: not standalone. No. They are connected to so many different systems that are in place. Right. That- and then, like, don't get me started
3: on the social safety nets. Like, I, I know I've listened to your past shows. I know that Roe is top of all of our minds. Yeah. And I am, we're trying to develop a show that will touch on that. And part of what I need to do is chill out. And it's hard to chill out. It's hard to chill out. But I'll tell you why I need to do that. Because I want to talk to someone from the Students for Pro-Life organization. Because I spent a lot of time covering this before.
1: And my my
3: question is, what do you have to say about the social safety nets in this country? What happens to that child after After. that child is born? When there is nowhere for that baby to go that doesn't cost more than your mortgage so what is your plan for that
0: well or where is the mental health support Mm -hmm. for the mother who's taking care of this child now yeah because here i am i am white i am middle class i have went to college got got that theater degree women's studies minor from that medical university in Alabama checking all those boxes right check 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 check. and you know I suffered serious postpartum and like ignored it the first child second Mm. child was like watching the water boil for pasta and was like those are eyeballs I have to go see somebody now right like it's but I had received information to know that was okay to ask for and to Mm. find that and could, you know, figure out ways to afford it, right? And that, again, I think ties to that weird assumption that, well, they're doing it, so everybody should be able to, right? Like, I mean, like to me, that seems to tie right back to that question that you would ask that person. What do you think about the structures that we have in place to support that child?
3: yeah yeah and
0: and what is your
3: plan i mean and and the the reason i say like i need to chill (laughs) out is because i'm so filled with anger and i'm so Mm. outraged that i just i know that i need to have a calmer conversation than i'm ready to have right now about it but i i have spent a lot of time with the pro-life movement i'm here in dc right now i've been to the march i've covered the march been to a lot of universities that provide daycare you know daycare is this the numbers are here and there but about half of the universities in this country provide some kind of daycare for students with with children i just want to flesh that out and 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 be like really is that really like i i i got a lot of questions and i i think i'm almost ready to have that conversation
0: but this i think let's bring it, watch me try and bring us back to yeah. the podcast is I have the luxury in mind and just talking to people and everybody knows I get to be as angry as I want and that show. I had to be angry. You know, you <laughs> like it? whatever, not trying to solve any problems. I'm just trying to like, ah, right. And, but you, because you have some credibility and, <laughs> You. Who knows? You might. You might not. You might. You know. You might be more of a target uh, if you get. You know. Heaven forbid, too angry woman. Yes.
3: Yeah. 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 I got but, you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I. Even when we're not talking about, for example, Roe versus Wade, or or that issue, child care, this is equally as angering. Yeah. Well, also, who's going to take
3: care of these babies? It's the same question. It's for the Roe same question. as it is for child care. Who's, exactly. Because right now. We don't have enough people taking care of these babies. Right. It's not affordable, it's not high quality, and it's not accessible. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So so I talk to a lot of people who say, like, I found this child care center. I felt good about it. Like, we're talking about leaving your child, child with, with someone yeah. you trust with that baby's life. Correct. Right? And it may not be perfect, and it may not no. be the way that you do it at home, but you still, like, unless that child is, is being hit or it's unsafe in some yeah. kind of way. Like that's where you're dropping that kid off. Yeah. We're talking about leaving your kid with someone you trust with their life. And right now, there just aren't enough spots. They're just right. it's it's not working. And it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to be an American and 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 is live it? in a country that does <laughs> jack. Yes, is is it's it Yes, it, it is, is it
0: it is for some of us. Yes, yes. But it clearly is not for those who could help make it a reality. Right. Like, it's that disconnect. Have you found where that disconnect is coming from? Because you and I can go round and round. We have kids in our house. We also put ourselves in positions where we get to talk to people with different backgrounds, different situations, so that we can learn and you know, try and walk through the world with a broader lens, but the people who ultimately at the end of the day make the decisions or, or, you know, release the Kraken, release the money, right? Like, right. what is that disconnect? Have you found out, <laughs> have you found out through talking with very smart people and you being very smart, oh, what that disconnect is, how that can exist? Yeah, I mean, I think it's
3: who writes the checks. And in this country, like when you look back at when we have provided care and we have during World War II, someone somewhere said, oh, wait a minute, the women are going to go back to work. Someone's going to have to take care of those kids. And we had pop up high quality, good child care centers across the country when the end of the war came. Eleanor Roosevelt actually had an opinion column and she wrote extensively don't close these centers. Yeah. We need these centers. And they all closed. So this country has done it before, and that's taken somebody writing a large check to enable it to happen. So right. I actually am at this point where I wish I had a clearer answer for you. Yeah. I have been schooled away from drawing down the public school system. That Good. has been, you know, it's it's been explained to me that that's not how we're going to do this. And that's not how our country is already set up. So...
0: Wait. The, got, okay. For those of us who are still like to learn things, what talk to me just briefly? Can you sum up what that means? Drawing down the yes.
3: Uh, okay. Like so, what drawing system. down public school means is you'd go to your local public school, mm-hmm. and now a lot of them are providing pre-K for four-year-olds, yeah. even some places three-year-olds. Right. Um, although I live in D.C., which is supposed to be a leader in that field, and I am a white woman, educated woman, I live in a good school area. My my daughter didn't get a spot. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, sometimes not all the kids get the spots. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, what do okay. I do now? Yeah. But it would be going into the school and basically creating more classrooms for smaller children. Okay. Now. So you'd have a pre-K-2. You'd have a pre-K-1. Right. And the problem is with public school budgets, the way they're set up now, taking care of little kids is so much more expensive. Two big things that stand out are you just need more people for safety yeah. reasons. You need more people. And, then and they have need to be specially like, qualified. They yes. Have they be... have to be... All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't just hire anyone. And then something that stayed with me, I don't know why, but you know when you take your kid to the doctor and they pull out the clean sheet paper yeah. and they put yeah. it on the... So like... Like, they, they, they need those. Early child care centers and early education centers need those because they're still potty training these babies, yeah. right? So it's just like,
0: it's it's too messy to do that. We can't even get paper towels. Like, no. I when I was, like, a room parent at my oldest school, like, every time I would go in to do, like, an art project with the kids, that I'd be like, God damn it, where are there no paper towels? Like, That's there's so funny no... Said. At the start of the year, the yeah. teachers were like, can you bring in paper towels? Paper towels! I'm, I'm like, like, "Okay." where, like, how, like, the paper towels, supplies, that's right, there's always, yeah. always your school supply always, always. list is not about your one child, your school supply no. list is about filling the class. Right, and actually,
3: when you say that, it makes me think of community, right? Yeah. Like, I'm asked to bring in X, Y, and Z for right. the whole school. So yeah. I actually think that that's a good metaphor for how other countries approach child care. Yeah we are going to do this for the community. Like, it's good for the mother and the father. It's good for the, obviously, first and foremost, the child. I mean, don't get me started on the reams of data. At first when I heard there was like lots of data that show how good early education is for kids, I was like, well, there clearly, well, someone must, does everyone know about all this data? (laughs) You know, it's like... (laughs) This should be a slam dunk. Yeah, they know about the data. They don't give a shit.
0: So if it is that it? Is it just that they don't give a shit? I'm sorry. I'm going to well, go right back to that question yeah. of what is that disconnect? So the disconnect is
3: that, okay, Where does it? where is it going to happen? It's not going to happen in the public school system. Okay. We already have care centers. And yes. one thing that stuck with me from someone who is very smart here in D.C., um, she said, "Think about childcare as infrastructure," and I was like, "Infrastructure." Oh, yes. And she said, "You know, bridges, tunnels, infrastructure is how we get to where we need to go. Oof. Childcare is infrastructure. It is, and we need to think about it that way." Now, I think it's harder for a politician or someone in the upper upper echelons of the tax bracket to write a big check because if you fund a a bridge or you, you know, if you're doing brick and mortar infrastructure, it's because more people can get to work and earn more money for you. Wait, what? It's it's harder.
0: (laughs) It's harder to see
3: the investment in our kids, right? It's just harder to get your head around that.
0: Even though it would free up parents to go to work and make more money for you.
3: Yeah, totally. And we looked in season one, Mm -hmm. we looked at Quebec, which in the 90s, Implemented a childcare program. At that time, they charged $5 per day. Yeah. I think they recently increased it to like $8 or $9, low all these many years later. And they did what we're talking about. And they saw an increase in their tax revenue. They saw an increase in both parents working, right? Mm. So it's pretty simple that <laughs> if you take care of the kid, you take care of the country. But we don't get that. We just don't get it. And, you know, the smartest people I've spoken to say it has to happen in taxes, right? Like, we've just got to bring more money in. Yeah. And that's a difference from a place like Sweden
2: yeah. where
3: you're you're everybody's paying for it, yeah. right? And, and a lot of countries where that happens, Berlin is another – I mean, all of Germany, really – is a place where in every neighborhood, uh, there's something called Kita and a German just explained it. I think it's like childcare. Kita is like short for childcare, but also your therapists are there. Your job search center is there. There. Like you can like drop your kid off and go take a shower. Yeah, It's all, it's all there to support the whole person. So listen, I think it's great that I was invited on your podcast to talk about this because we are talking about it. It is in the conversation. It's been a long time since the president of the United States mentioned child care in his State of the Union address. So we're on the right path. We just have to hang on. We just have to hang on.
0: Well, I, I really appreciate you not only creating the podcast and conti- I'm so glad that it's becoming a weekly podcast because to me that says we, we want to listen and we want to learn more. So I, I deeply appreciate that. And I appreciate that and we didn't have time to get into it. Sorry, everybody. We just yelled about it, <laughs> that there are actions we can be taking. Yeah, But like all things related to parenting, to our bodies, to our mental health, Talking about it is key. That's yeah. the first place. Stop, sh- stop the shushing. Stop the keep it to yourself. We don't want to yeah. hear about your problems. We, no, we got to talk about it. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. And we might just have to have you back so we can continue talking. Oh, my gosh. I would love it. <laughs> Everybody, again, it is no one is coming to save us. With the wonderful Gloria Riviera. Thank you so much. We'll link everybody up to where they can find out more about it and all the resources. I really appreciate you. You are doing a really good job. Oh, my gosh. I love that phrase.
3: That's a phrase (laughs) my mom and I say to each other when we think we're maybe not doing such a good job, but we get through it. We say, like, we're doing a good job.
0: You're probably out of (laughs) me. Teresa, who used to host this with me, would say, like, when we were failing miserably, it was, instead of saying that, why don't we say, we're getting really good at this. Yes, (laughs) yes. I love that. I was like, yes, that's like the secret one bad mother handshake. Yeah, when my youngest is
3: 18, I'm going to get a bumper sticker that says, I think I'm getting good at this.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much.
3: Thank you. I, it is a total a total pleasure. I I laugh and I I love listening to your show. So it is just an honor to be here. So well, much I fun. I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: One Bed Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone in need. I talk about Bombas all the time. I love the Bomba socks. <laughs> they are so comfortable. They have lasted me forever. And they constantly are rotating in. Really fun. To, again, I said I got my pride socks. I love my pride Bomba socks socks are not the only thing that Bombas makes. They make t-shirts and underwear and they are so comfortable and soft. And again, let's really get down to why I love them the most. And that is that when you are a Bombas customer, you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. So if you go to bombas.com slash bad mother, you can get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M. B-A-S slash badmother for 20% off. Bombas slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported by KiwiCo. Summer! <laughs> Summer adventures can turn into a lifelong love of learning, especially when the whole family shares the joy and excitement of discovery. Let's get real. Getting a really cool box sent to your house for your kids, one of these cool KiwiCo crates can make summer extra special. They've got projects for all different ages, projects that you can help with and when your kids are older, projects that they can do on their own. Can we talk about the macrame plant hanger that I stole from Raiden and made myself? <laughs> Pack summer full of memorable discoveries with KiwiCo. KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code BADMOTHER. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. All right. We have a garage, everybody. It's not a good garage. I mean, it's a garage in the sense that it's standing and it holds things for us. But it's, like, original from, like, the 1920s. It's not... I've talked about this. It's not a safe space, (laughs) but it's where Stefan watches movies throughout the pandemic. While I have shuffled about the house trying to find a place for me to do my fun, strange little art projects that I try to do. And they have been living on the porch. And so, you know, I do something. I do like a little painting or I do some sort of like little alcohol ink thing. And then I have to leave it on the porch. And then the elements get to it. And then, or just everything gets gross and dusty. Well, I was about done feeling like I had no space in my space, which is still true. And we're going to deal with that. But I went in and started pulling shit out of that garage. I was like, this is gone. We're moving this. The space is no longer going to hold toys that we will never look at again. It is going to have all my stuff. And so uh, we still have to do a little work, but the table with this big work table that now has all of my art supplies on it. They've all been dusted and cleaned. And uh, I don't know when I think I'm going to the garage to work on stuff, but it's there ready for me when I do go to the garage that is filled with spiders and dust and whatever, whatever, nothing, nothing clean. But I feel really good that my stuff is in a place.
1: (laughs) Hi, this is a genius. So we were at the park for a birthday party, and my toddler started melting down over the fact that I hadn't brought him any milk to go with his lunch. This, under other circumstances, would have been reasonable. He always has milk with lunch. It was 90 fucking degrees in this park. So why would anyone (laughs) want to drink milk? But my Mm. kid wanted to drink milk. Well, I didn't have any milk. No one (laughs) at this party had any milk because, again, 90 degrees. And... (laughs) So I was sitting there debating, like, okay, do we have to leave? Do I just – am I going to have to deal with this meltdown right now? Do I have to, like, go to a convenience store and buy milk? And then I saw that in the cooler of juices and things was some coconut water, which is white-ish. And so I, having nothing to lose, poured some coconut water into his cup and told him it was special birthday party milk because (laughs) – Obviously, coconut water doesn't taste anything like milk. It doesn't even really look like milk, but it's white. And I did not think he was going to go for this. But you know what? He drank the whole thing. He was happy as a clam. And then he asked for a special birthday party milk later. And I informed him that it's just for birthday parties. So we'll see how that goes in the long run. But for right now, I really saved the day. And I'm doing a great job. Thank you. Bye. Oh.
0: How did you not like run laps through that birthday party? And be like, guess what? I just told my kid. Guess what just happened? <laughs> why. Like, did you see that? That's not milk. That's coconut water. That is very hard. The udders on the coconut are very hard to squeeze that milk out. That you are genius. And there's a hidden genius in this. And that's you telling your child that that's only special party mix, party, party milk. You can't. <laughs> It's not at the store. You can't. It's just special party milk. You are a genius. Way to commit to the lie. You are doing a great job. Failures.
2: Fail. 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 Fail.
0: You suck. All right. I have shared a lot that we started doing the yard in the backyard by ourselves And then we walked away from it, and then it all grew back, except it's got all these, like, deep holes and pits now from where we have been working. And, like, tools that have just been reclaimed by the earth and bricks reclaimed by the earth. But in the back corner is where my garden beds are. Guys, something amazing happened. All these sunflower seeds that I planted last year and that did not grow are are now growing not in the flower beds, just like in the middle of the like little garden area. And they're like six, seven, eight feet tall and sunflowers are everywhere and the blackberry plants are thriving and they're making blackberries and it's amazing, but I can't get to any of them because I've done no yard work and everything is <laughs> It's like knee-deep. In weeds and brush and like weird tools and piles of dirt from when I was trying to do work on it, like in cardboard, like where I was like, oh, that'll kill the grass. Nope, the grass just claimed the cardboard. It is next to impossible to get back there to enjoy those things without, you know, ticks and lizards and all the bees. The bees are could not be happier. Very happy about the bees. But I can't get to my own garden beds to, you know, plant things or do things in. So, you know, going to have to take... Oh, and and it's summer. So it's going to only be unbearable outside now (laughs) for me to do this work. So I'm failing at things that bring me joy. Hi, this is a fail. My two
2: and a half year old... Still hasn't gotten the hang of pooping on the potty at daycare. And, you know, they send home her clothes in, like, a little plastic bag. Well, she had three accidents yesterday, so both poop and pee. And when I got home, I didn't double-check to make sure they'd gotten all the poop out of her underwear. I just threw everything in the washing machine with her favorite stuffed animal, with her pair of tennis shoes, and I just set it to quick wash. Yeah. Imagine my horror.
0: Horror. When I
2: open the lid to the washing machine and I see that there is still fecal matter uh. in the washing machine. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good poop fail. And now I have to wash everything again oh. and wash my washing machine. Yeah. I suck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bye.
0: <laughs> okay. This, okay. I just want to break this down some. One, there's... I I always hated going to the preschool to pick my kids up and like see, knowing that there's like the white bag, like you pick them up and they're like, just definitely not in the clothes you put them in when you sent them to school. (laughs) You're like, first clue. And then there's the white bag. And then there's, you know, at least you didn't forget the plastic bag in the car because that is a classic. All right. Nope. You did the reasonable thing, which is just dump it in. The wash, okay? So that was very smart of you. Not checking it was very selfish of you. And speaking of selfish, how dare that two-and-a-half-year-old not bring their potty A-game to school? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I always just think it's kind of ridiculous sometimes. You know, when kids are like, well, they're, they're two. They're two-and-a-half. They're still... They're still having accidents. I know grown people who still have accidents. So you know what? Full circle. Full circle. One day, you're going to be of a certain age, and you're still not going to be able to make it to the potty in time. And that is life. But in the meantime, you did fail at putting that in there. You failed at thinking you could wash a lovey with it and shoes, And the whole nine yards. And it does lead you to the longer question. Like, it's like that first time your kid poops in the tub and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, can we ever use this tub again? Like, how does one clean the bath toys? How do you, like, do I just burn it? Is that what I'm supposed to do with the washing machine? Am I just supposed to set fire to it and just start again? Like, these are, because I think when you're that tired, you're like, I don't even know. How do I? I mean, yeah, it's a washing machine. It cleans things. But am I? There's poop. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So your night's ruined. Your washing machine's probably ruined. Your reputation at the preschool's probably ruined. And you're doing a horrible job. And you're all alone. <laughs> no, you're not You are the greatest
3: mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Hi,
2: I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And the three of us host The Flop House. It's a podcast where we watch a new bad movie and then we talk about it. Dan, you say it's hosted by the three of us, we've had a lot of great guest co-hosts like Gillian Flynn, Jamel Bowie, John Hodgman, Jessica Williams, Wyatt Cenac, Joe Bob Briggs, Josh Gondelman, Roman Mars. Yeah,
3: and you said new movies, but what about the time we did Meatballs 2? Okay,
2: okay, yeah, sometimes we do older movies and sometimes we have guests, but mostly it's about us talking about like recent bad movies.
3: And don't forget about the ones where I made you do a role-playing game where you played cartoon dogs. All right. Yeah, but shouldn't a promo be a really simple explanation about what our show is about so what's the show about dan what's it about <laughs> what's it about it's about friendship all right it's about our friendship and how we love each other the Flophouse. it's a podcast mostly about bad movies on maximum fun
2: Do you sometimes wonder whatever happened to the kids at your school who really loved Star Trek? You might remember a kid like me, the one who read the Star Trek novels and built starship models. I also took music classes to avoid taking gym classes that required showering after, but I don't see what that really has to do with- Or a kid like me. I introduced myself to kids at my summer camp one year as Wesley, but when the school year started and some of those kids were in my new class, I actually had to explain to my friends that I had tried to take on the identity of my favorite Star Trek character. The shame haunts me to this day. I'm sure some of those Star Trek fans from your childhood grew up to have interesting and productive lives, but we ended up being podcasters. On The Greatest Discovery, you'll hear what happens to two lifelong Star Trek fans who didn't grow up to be great people, they just grew up to be people who love jokes as much as they love Trek. Season 4 of Star Trek Discovery is here, so listen to our new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, everybody, it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown.
2: Hey, this is a rant. So this week, my three-year-old has been homesick. um, This is the third day of it, and luckily, she seems to be fine today. But my husband and I have been trying to juggle her and both work from home, and it's been a long three days. And today, I actually had to manage on my own because he was chaperoning our other child's school field trip. And then he sent me a message saying that he was able to bring our um, older child home directly from the field trip, and so they were going to get home at 2 o'clock instead of 4 o'clock, and he was going to keep the kids busy since he was off work all day. But what ended up happening is the other neighbor kids saw so they were home, and he invited them all over. And so now, instead of having a <laughs> silent house for an hour or so while he takes them to the playground, no, no, now we have six children between the ages of three and six mm-hmm. in my house mm-hmm. playing. And it's just a bit much, and I don't <laughs> understand why he thought that was a good idea. <laughs> but now the workday is over. And I went to go pick us up some pizza so I can sit in silence in my car, even if it's only for like 10 minutes. Anyways, I'm doing a good job. So are you. Thanks
0: for the show. Bye. You are doing an amazing job. I titled this rant, Is It a Good Idea? (laughs) Is it? But is it? I can see this entire thing unfold. It's the like, oh, well, I'll take the kids. I'll bring them home. Don't worry. I got them. Oh, you know what's easier if you're the parent in charge sometimes? Having kids over. Because then they're all kind of doing their own thing. And you're not like, I don't know. There's some sort of magic about multiple children, even when they're not your own, that takes some responsibility off of you if you are the prime parent in that situation. Was that helpful to you the one who's working no you are correct those are two things existing in the same place that are well it's not affecting one of you (laughs) but it's deeply affecting the other and let's just all agree once your kid is old enough to go on field trips there's that moment if you are kind enough to volunteer to go on a field trip, first of all, thank you. I know that for a lot of parents, you're taking off work, you're juggling childcare, you're doing all these different things so that you can go and help on a field trip, as well as just like share that crazy moment of being on a bus with a bunch of kids or driving them. But yeah, you get back to school and teachers are like, you can go if you want. <laughs> I'm like, and you feel you can't, you can't leave your kid. You can't be the parent who's like, yeah, no, I'm gonna leave you. Here for another hour, even thirty minutes. I'm like thirty minutes. I want to leave my kid at the school when we're back from a field trip. I want to be like, no, you have to stay for this weird thirty minutes. That's a like, again a thing that none of us think about possibly happening. They bring him back, and now you. That is this is part of the issue, everybody. This childcare issue. These effects of working from home. You can close your door, but it does not, like, it's not a magic door. It's not a door that when you close it, you can't hear kids. You can't, I mean, they they are your kids. If they come to the door and knock and ask you something, you are probably going to answer it. Okay? that is That is part and parcel with parenting. <laughs> okay? And so... You're at an unfair advantage already when you're home working with kids. It's not an easy thing to juggle, even if you have a partner who's home watching the kids. That doesn't eliminate it either. I just want you to know, I think you're remarkable, and you're doing a really good job, and I really think you're doing a good job going to get pizza. I mean, yeah, this is a this is secret I didn't know. Don't order pizza for delivery, go order pizza for pick up if you are able to leave your kids at home with another parent or if they're like 20 and they're still living in your house just leave them it's okay and go pick up the pizza because you can maybe like you can bring a book you can listen to a podcast you can call the hotline you can openly cry however you want to spend your time in the car you are able to do that so good job doing that you are amazing. All right, everybody. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we just heard it with the rant, didn't we? And we just heard it with the potty training in the childcare in the genius and failed th- like it, It's all interconnected. It can feel completely impossible and overwhelming, but that's part and parcel with having kids in your house, isn't it? And again, what it reminds me of is the fact that we need to be talking about it. It is easy to assume that all of these things that we talk about on the show are not interrelated, but they are. When we don't talk about miscarriage, that impacts the other things we talk about. When we don't talk about childcare, that impacts it. When we don't talk about, you know, the systemic bias in medicine towards not only women, but very specifically women of color when it comes to not only our regular health, but our maternal health. And even just the like, starting to question you about everything the moment you have a baby or you get pregnant or you sign up to go through the adoption process. That's invasive. Uh, Like it is, you pee when you sneeze, Well, Grandma did. Why are you complaining about it? No, you have to talk about it because then we can figure out ways to make that not be just something, another thing we have to deal with. And this goes for those who identify as men when it comes to being good child care providers and, uh, you know, whatever, stay at home, dads, however you want to say it. We need to be, having a kid in your house is not a disability, Being a parent is not a disability. And we have got to stop feeling like shit for being a parent. And with all of that said, I see you. You're doing a fucking great job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.
2: I got to load down Mama Blue. I got to load down Mama Blue. Slow down, Mama Blue. Slow down, Mama Blue. Got to slow down, Mama Blue. Got to slow down, Mama Blue. You know that right.